Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your survivor series war games 2022 post show it is november 26 2022 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your saturday evenings Wherever you may be, first order of business before I do anything. JC720 with a $200 super chat before I even drive up and park the Stang in front of the venue. $200 super chat. He says tonight, hey, J.D., tonight is Jim Beam Orange on the rocks. That's what the fuck I'm drinking. The women's war games match was all right. The bloodline storyline makes for compelling television. The United States title match also enjoyed theories win. Everyone looked confused. Men's war games match, a banger. A.J. and Finn, I'm feeling very oozy. J.C. 720 getting the festivities Started tonight with a $200 Super Chat. Once again, brother, thank you so very much for your generosity, man. I really appreciate that. Was this the best Survivor Series of all time? No. I'm not going to sit here and give you guys the shilling. I think that's a good word to use, shilling. Not going to sit here and shill Triple H to you. This was not the best Survivor Series of all time. But I will say that this show was definitely a statement show for Triple H. This was definitely a statement show for Triple H. And first impressions tonight, I'm thinking everybody is excited about the future of what is to come. That's the vibe I got. Coming out of Survivor Series. Was it a perfect show tonight? Absolutely not. Was it a good show? Absolutely. Was there storytelling that we knew was going to be right up front and center on this show? Absolutely. If there's one thing that gave it a thumbs up show tonight, it was two things. Number one, the segment between Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn in the back that led to Sami Zayn basically having tears being confronted by Roman Reigns about what had happened last night on SmackDown between Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. The second thing is the hug heard round the world. Jey Uso and Sami Zayn. Jey Uso, after weeks of loathing Sami Zayn, 
finally accepts Sammy into the bloodline. Sammy had everybody else's approval. Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, of all people, Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa, and Jay Uso tonight finally accepts Sami Zayn. That made the entire show for me. That ending, the closing sequence, sequence with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, everything regarding Sami and Roman Reigns, the little back and forth between Sami Zayn and Jay Uso on that main event tonight, it made the entire match. I don't give a shit if the War Games match to you was dull, boring, slow, tiresome. I don't care. I'm here for the long-term booking. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for the rich story that I know is going to take us after tonight all the way into the Royal Rumble, all the way into Elimination Chamber, all the way into WrestleMania season. Absolutely love it. That War Games match, it was nothing that I just said. It was exciting. It was a very good, well-constructed, well-produced match. I will talk about the negatives of the War Games match in just a second. But I thought tonight, the Bloodline and the Brawling Brutes, they killed it in the main event. Loved it. And anybody that's getting tired of Roman Reigns and is complaining about the Bloodline winning again, get them out. I don't want to hear it. I don't give a flying fuck about what you think of the Bloodline. They are the best thing in all of pro wrestling at this time point in time. Get used to it. You should have already been used to it. Give me a break. I thought that War Games match was excellent. The women's War Games match, I'm not going to sit here and be glowing about the women's match like I am the men. The women's War Games match was good. It was fine. There was moments in the match that I liked. There were moments in the match I did not like. But the women didn't really do anything outside of the norm. They didn't really go out there and do anything we haven't seen in a War Games match before. And the entire thing just left me kind of unimpressed. Now, that's not saying it was a bad match. I'm just saying that it did not really feel important to me. It was not bad. It was just there. Becky Lynch had a nice showing. Io Shirai had a nice showing. Dakota Kai had a nice showing. Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, they also had nice showings in there. But outside of that, there wasn't really anything that was, oh my God, it's war games. And again, I have to reiterate this because I know somebody's going to take my shit and twist it around because you don't have fucking proper hearing. It was not a bad match. It wasn't as good as the men's. And it wasn't really all that important. And there are several factors to that. Mainly being damage control is absolutely beyond damaged. I think that's a solid reason as to why nobody really came off as feeling important in this match outside of Becky Lynch. I didn't think it was all that important. We're going to talk about that. Austin Theory is the new United States champion. I'm surprised by that decision, but I have no problem with it. Because this is exactly what Triple H wanted him to be. He got rid of the briefcase. The briefcase was holding him back. 
Look at the weeks that we've seen him without the briefcase. It's been two weeks. He's looked better than he ever has looked with the briefcase. And he won the briefcase in July. He looks good. He is the future of the company. And he won the United States Championship tonight. And he is now the guy on Monday Night Raw. Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, and Austin Theory put on an absolute banger of a match. The last five minutes of that match may have been the best content, the best of anything that we've seen on Survivor Series tonight. I thought that last minute, the last five minutes, the last closing sequence of that match was probably the best thing that we've seen all night from a, from a real just in-ring perspective. I thought that was fantastic stuff. Loved it. Then we have the negatives of the show. Ronda Rousey. Shotzi Blackheart for the SmackDown Women's Championship. My God, man, I'm going to go nuclear on this shit. I'm not going to really raise my voice, but I'm going to give you some harsh truths that some people may not want to hear. And they're all, all aimed at Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, this is all I'll say before I get into what else I have to say, and then we'll get into the review. Ronda Rousey is absolutely a cancer to the SmackDown Women's Division. Ronda Rousey needs to get the fuck out of WWE. She is legitimately awful in everything she does. I don't give a fuck who hears this. I don't care who has a problem with this. Get her out. She is absolutely a non-factor. She makes nothing important. She makes nothing feel like it's the most important thing in the world. She's actually bringing the division down to points where it's actually depressing. And I don't believe Ronda Rousey is heralded as this big mega star that WWE put all their hopes and dreams into to build this division. Ronda Rousey's name value is zero. Zero in the WWE realm. She's absolutely killing that entire division. And Shotzi's no better. The match should not have been on pay-per-view. Tonight was a statement show, man. I always talk about first impressions. This is Triple H's first impression for War Games, and you could sense a lot of fans in attendance tonight. They probably were not familiar with the War Games concept. They weren't really sure how the War Games concept was going to play out. It's different. It's definitely something that's going to take a little getting used to. Everything about this Triple H run, as far as him leading the show, is going to take time. I don't know how many times I have to tell you, Triple H is not going to fix everything overnight. This is going to be a few years when people finally get on the ball and see what the fuck is going on here, man. You think throwing a War Games pay-per-view out there is going to get everybody on the main roster and the casual main roster audience excited? It's going to mark out the NXT crowd when black and gold was at its height and popularity. Of course it is. Those are the biggest fucking marks in all of pro wrestling. They knew what to expect. They knew what was coming. They knew everything about war games. The main roster audience, it's going to take a couple of years for them to really get used to everything and get caught up with everything. Everything they saw tonight was new. Everything they saw tonight was new with familiar faces. Five on five, the tiered times between each combatant getting into the ring, the match not officially starting until all 10 participants are in the ring. It's tough. It's really, it's really going to be something that the fans have to get used to. 
He's changed a ton of shit about the shells. I can't sit here and tell you that Triple H is doing a bad job because he's not. How could he do a bad job if he's got to fucking fix everything that Vince fucked up on? It's going to take several, several, several months. We've seen changes to the pay-per-view calendar. Just like tonight, Survivor Series was a dead concept. Survivor Series was five-on-five elimination for years that Vince fucking drove into the ground and fucking killed. Triple H said no. During my time, Survivor Series was a grade A pay-per-view, one of the big four. I'm bringing it back to prominence. That's exactly what he's going to try and do with War Games. And he's on his way there. Tonight was the first time Survivor Series actually felt like Survivor Series to me in over a decade plus. Probably going on two decades. I wish there was a five-on-five traditional Survivor Series match. I think that could have really helped the show as far as bringing that element of Survivor Series for the fans. But things are going to take time. Pay-per-view calendar changes, vocabulary changes, commentary changes, promo changes on Raw and SmackDown. Things feel a little bit more loose. We're seeing more wrestling on Friday night. We're seeing more wrestling on Monday night. We actually have stories that make sense for the most part. Not everything makes sense. Not everything is good, but for the most part, things are making sense. Week to week, he's getting you to be interested in the show, whereas if Vince McMahon was booking this shit, I was already dreading next week because the current show is fucking terrible. Things are changing. Things are not where Triple H wants them to be. Absolutely not. Vince McMahon drove his fucking cancer into this company for so many years. You think Triple H is going to be able to change everything in four months? No. Absolutely not. It is going to take some time, and I'm going to need you to be fucking patient in regards to that. I've been saying this even before Triple H was even a fucking thought in anybody's mind about him taking over the company. I said it when he was with the black and gold NXT brand. Everything that he did on NXT was the way WWE main rosters should be booking their shows. Look at what we got tonight. We got five matches tonight. That's a takeover. I don't know what you guys are looking at, but I looked at WWE Survivor Series (laughs) takeover. That's what I looked at. Five matches. That's all we need. From 8 to 11.30, that's all we need. Everything he did on NXT is the way the main roster should be booking the shows. And we're not even there yet. We're not even... We didn't even get into the coffee shop to even place an order yet, bro. That's how early in this process it is. We didn't even pick up our phone and order via mobile app. Just be patient. Just be patient. I thought tonight was a great step forward for Survivor Series. I thought it was a great show. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Triple H mark and I love the direction Paul Levesque takes the company in. It was a good show. If you don't think it was a good show, I don't know what the fuck you watched. You may be an AEW shill. We don't shill anybody here. We shill good wrestling. We shill long-term booking. That's what we want. That's what we care about. We don't shill AEW. We don't shill WWE. We give you the cold hard facts, the cold hard truth behind everything. If you thought tonight's show sucked, I'm going to need to see you take a step out of the venue and go get some fresh air. Then maybe you'll come back in and maybe I'll have one of the bartenders serve you a nice cold beverage if you're ready to sit down and listen 
to the most logical individual in this entire wrestling community. Thumbs up show for me. We're going to go over the good. We're going to go over the bad. And we're going to go over everything that happened with that Jey Uso, Sami Zayn hug at the end. What led to that moment? And why Kevin Owens, you see why Kevin Owens was strategically left out of this storyline. Weeks. Weeks. Where's KO? Where's KO? I was the one. Where's KO? I'll give you a reason why KO was saved from being involved in the Sami Zayn bloodline storyline. You saw tonight. They stayed away from each other for this moment. It's unbelievable. Patience. Patience. If Kevin Owens was involved with Sami Zayn before this, this is the last thing I'll say before I hit my usual shtick. If Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens crossed paths before Survivor Series, how impactful do you think that closing sequence at the end of that War Games match in the main event, how impactful do you think that sequence would be? If they already involved Kevin Owens and they already had Kevin Owens put his hands on Sami Zayn and vice versa, and they built this before tonight, how impactful do you think that moment would have been? Now you see why they held off including Kevin Owens in anything Sami Zayn and Bloodline related. Love it. Let me see those long-term booking emojis in the chat, which you can only get when you become a channel member right here on OTS, man. I appreciate you guys joining me on the post show tonight. We are number one tonight by a lot. I love it. I got it on my screen right now, man. I love it. We got 3,500 people in here. I appreciate you guys very much for choosing us as your destination. I'm going to run through this very quickly so we get into the review. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Links for all my social media are in the description below. Go check that out. Go check out all the other content on the channel. It is on the homepage right now. You got to go to the live section. All the live streams are there. We did Monday Night Raw. We did AEW Dynamite. We did last night, Friday Night SmackDown. We were live on Thanksgiving Thursday with Off the Scripts 454. We got a lot that you might have missed out, out on, so go check that out. It's on the homepage. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Normally... The goal is a thousand minimum. Tonight the goal is fifteen hundred minimum in the OTS venue. And when we hit that, we'll aim for two thousand likes tonight. So if you're in the chat and you enjoyed Survivor Series, hit that thumbs up. Let me know what you guys think. Become a channel member. VIPs get emotes, tons of them. To have fun with in the live streams, in the comment section. You guys get badges next to your name every month you're a VIP. And the higher you go, the better the emotes and the badges get, man. Seriously. So hit that join button, become a channel member, become a VIP. Right here on Off The Scripts. And for my VIPs, you're going to want to sign up. We're having an OTS Awards for 2022 going to be half on Twitter. It's going to be half on the VIP section here on YouTube. 
Gonna give you guys the opportunity to vote on who you want in the categories. And then the VIPs of the OTS venue are gonna vote on all of the year-end awards for 2022. Coming soon. And tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Make sure you guys hit them up. We'll talk about those guys at the end of the show. Also, Super Chats are open. Get them on in. I got my beverage ice cold. Hopefully, you guys got the same. And we'll hang out at the end of the show with our cold beverages and go over the Super Chats. But get them on in. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Music tonight was on point, though. I'll tell you that, man. Uh, how many of you guys like that music, man? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll come up with a, a playlist for you guys on Spotify. Everybody's asking, JD, what's that Mortal Kombat song? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know it's a banger. I know. Listen, I don't play anything but bangers on this show. I told you, give me a, give me a little bit of freedom to play whatever I want. Nobody's doing what we're doing, bro. Nobody. Survivor Series. Let's get on with it. TD Garden. Kickoff show. No matches on the kickoff show. Strictly five matches. It was, it was about the War Games matches. Women and men. And then everything in between. WWE had this great intro with Ozzy Osbourne. He was singing War Pigs, which was the official theme of Survivor Series. Uh, obviously, he was there with some of the images of the WWE superstars in the War Games cage and some highlights of the War Games matches as he was singing the theme song in the intro for the Survivor Series. I thought that was a nice touch. I thought that was a nice touch. I would have preferred Alter Bridge, this is war, but I'm just happy because I'm an Alter Bridge mark. I'm a Miles Kennedy mark. What could I say? But I will say this. It's nice to hear rock music back on the main roster for these pay-per-views after years and years of dreadful music. Dreadful mainstream music polluting these pay-per-views. So I can appreciate that. War Games. We opened up with the women. Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Asuka. Alexa Bliss. Can't say Alexa Bliss too loud because my Amazon Alexa went off last night and I got trolled. Not going to do that again. And I forgot to unplug it again because Jesse forgot to remind me this fucking geek is too busy wanting to play Modern Warfare because he's, he, he can't get his M13. 
He's got to kill the chemist in DMZ. Bro, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. You got to get you got to get with the ball, bro. You got to get on the fucking ball with that one. Come on, man. Listen, all you had to do was ask me, bro, can we hop into a DMZ game, drop the weapon, and let's exfil. I don't even know you could do that. Sorry, bro. Anyway, um, war games. Bianca's team against Rhea Ripley, Bailey, Nikki Cross, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. This match went almost 40 minutes, and this was the first taste of war games this evening. Belair and Dakota Kai started off for their teams. I like Bianca leading the charge. I like Bianca leading the charge, and it was actually logical that Bianca led the charge as number one entrant in this match because it was Asuka and Rhea Ripley going for the War Games advantage on Monday Night Raw. So Bianca was like, well, I'm not fighting for the advantage, being that we are now at the pay-per-view. I'm going to start the War Games match off as the leader. I like that. So Belair and Dakota Kai started the match. They went back and forth. Belair got the early advantage. EO was number two. She comes on in. So Damage Control got the one-woman advantage because they won the advantage match on Monday Night Raw. So we got the tag team champions in there against Bianca Belair. So Belair's trying to ward off the tag team champions, double vertical suplex. They managed to uh, take her down. Beat her up a little bit. Asuka entered as the second woman for Team Bianca. Asuka beat up both Dakota and Io. She looked really good in there, did Asuka. And Belair recovered eventually, even the odds. Two on two now. Belair, Asuka against the tag team champions. Dakota Kai had already been beaten up a little bit. She was driven into the side of the cage numerous times, and she took an ass kicking in there. So uh, I hope Bailey is going to buy Dakota Kai some ice cream and maybe a. Tasty cold beverage at the end of this pay-per-view. She deserves it. Nikki Cross came in for damage control. She was number three. She brought in kendo sticks underneath the ring. Trash can lids underneath the ring. She also slammed the door on Asuka's head. This is also the the same Nikki Cross that when she made her way out to the ring uh, for the introductions as she entered the cage, because there's shark cages on the stage, She climbed the shark cage, the top of the shark cage, while Rhea Ripley was doing pull-ups. Looked like Rhea Ripley did more pull-ups than Jay Cargill. It's great. I think Nikki Cross and the transformation of Nikki Cross is actually quite pleasing. This is the Nikki Cross that we needed to see for many, many, many months. Vince didn't know anything because he was fucking clueless. And Nikki Cross now looks infinitely better than what we've seen of her with the super flaw, the super fly, the, the, the fucking superhero butterfly gimmick. Love it. So she entered in next. She brought weapons underneath the ring into the match. She slammed the door on Asuka's head. The heels were in control. Alexa Bliss. She came in, and she looked pretty decent in there in the beginning. She ran wild. Everyone hit each other with kendo sticks. Nikki Cross climbed to the top of the cage and was looking down quite maniacally, looking at everybody, picking her spot. She ended up jumping off with a diving crossbody that took out everybody, including her own teammates. So this was the first high-risk move. Of the entire match. Bailey entered next. She went underneath the ring and brought in ladders and tables to the ring. So it looks like we were going to get a War Games with a TLC element to it. Being that there's no TLC pay-per-view because Triple H canceled it in December. We got War Games and a TLC match happening at Survivor Series. 
So Damage Control used weapons. They regained the advantage for their team. Mia Yim, Michin, Mia Yim. They're announcing her as Michin, Mia, Yin, uh, Mia Yim in this match. So she entered next, and she brought some more stuff into the ring. She went crazy on Dakota Kai before spiking her in, into a trash can lid. Now, the women, they were in different corners of the ring at this point. When Mia Yim got in there, she took it to Dakota Kai. All the women now are in def- different corners of the ring. There's two rings. So there's eight turnbuckles. So we got most of the turnbuckles here, at least half of the turnbuckles, taken up by bodies. So Belair superplexed Bailey off of one corner. Mia Yim superplexed Dakota Kai off of one corner. Bliss kind of superplexed Nikki Cross off of one. And Asuka superplexed Io off of another. So we got four superplexes off of four of the eight corners in this match. I thought that was a nice spot. I thought that was quite creative. Rhea Ripley then enters for damage control, wiped out all the baby faces. She was throwing her body around in there, weight and strength around in there. And all the baby faces are reeling because Rhea Ripley's a fucking savage. And this allowed her team to take over. EO Sky, she dropkicked Asuka's head as Ripley held her in a standing cloverleaf, which was great. Mia Yim tried mounting a comeback for her team, but Bailey caught her in the ropes, and EO hit her repeatedly with a trash can lid. Becky Lynch entered last, and officially the match started when Becky Lynch got in there around the 28-minute mark. Becky Lynch handed out kicks and dodged an attack by Nikki Cross, who hit EO with a trash can lid by mistake. EO Scott covered with the trash can now. Becky put the trash can over EO. Lynch gave her a diving leg drop, which I don't know if that was really beneficial to Becky Lynch. It seems like it actually hurt Becky Lynch more than it did EO. But she leg dropped EO with the trash can over her. And this is not the first time EO has worn a trash can in a War Games match. Becky Lynch then faced off with Bailey, which got a big reaction. You know, we really, out of all the horsewomen, we really haven't seen a proper Bailey versus Becky feud. Now, coming out of SmackDown, I pitched this to everybody, you know, with Rhea Ripley showing up Becky Lynch on SmackDown and kind of standing face-to-face with Becky Lynch on Friday night. I said, maybe they're teasing something with Becky and Rhea Ripley. I don't know if that's going to be immediate or if they're maybe going to save that for the Royal Rumble because I could see Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley being the final two participants in the Royal Rumble, and I pitched this as of last night as well, and I pitched this for weeks now. Rhea Ripley needs to eliminate Becky Lynch in the Royal Rumble to win the Royal Rumble match. That's it. Rhea Ripley needs to win the Royal Rumble and go on to challenge Bianca Belair and win the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. This is her year. Becky Lynch doesn't need it. Becky Lynch can get to Ronda some other way. She can win the chamber. Rhea Ripley needs to win the Royal Rumble. Easy. I said maybe they're teasing a Rhea Ripley-Becky Lynch feud, being that both are Monday Night Raw superstars. But it looks like we may actually get Becky Lynch thrusted into a feud with Bayley. They're both Monday Night Raw superstars. So we'll see what happens. And we haven't gotten a proper feud between the two. I think that would be great. And maybe it would help Bayley as far as crowd reaction goes because Most of the crowd are very indifferent to damage control for varying reasons. Nobody takes them seriously. 
So maybe that may be good. Working with Becky, it may actually be good for Bailey because Becky is very over. So she faced off with Bailey, and Lynch took out Bailey pretty easily before she was confronted by Rhea Ripley, uh, which did get another reaction. Bailey got in the way, so Ripley gave Lynch a riptide. Easy for a close two count. She almost won it for damage control. Oscar sprayed mist in Rhea Ripley's face, basically, you know, taking her out of most of the closing of this match. So she got misted in the face, and Lynch spiked her with the DDT, but Bailey got in the way before they could make a cover. Bailey gave Lynch a rose plant onto a steel plate. I believe there was a steel plate in the middle of the ring, uh, a parition, a steel parition. So Bailey slammed Lynch into that. She went for a cover. Cover got broken up. Belair tried to bring down six women in a ridiculous-looking Tower of Doom spot that was not going to end pretty. So thankfully, this was minimized, and Nikki Cross ended up hitting her with a kendo stick before she could do it. Everyone traded moves at this point, which led to EO wiping out Belair and Mia Yim with a moonsault as she climbed to the top of the cage and jumped off. Crowd was pretty tame up until this point of the match, which was one of my negatives as far as this match goes. But they broke out with a holy shit champ because EO jumping off the top of the cage to do a moonsault is always a great thing. And it's come to be a tradition for EO Shirai on any night there's a War Games match. As long as she's involved in the War Games, you can absolutely expect EO to jump off and do her moonsault off the top of the cage. Look great. So fans were chanting holy shit after that, and they finally came alive for this women's war games match. Cross then has a pair of handcuffs, and she handcuffed Alexa Bliss, and she tried to handcuff Bliss to the cage, but Bliss took, and this was very sloppy. I don't know what the hell was going on here. I don't know what they were trying to do, but it looked so unnatural with Bliss just standing there trying to tug on the chain of the handcuffs just fucking take your other hand and slam her or slam her with your fist. There were other things she could have did to get out of that situation. Nikki Cross was not really putting any pressure on Alexa Bliss in that moment to really take her and own that moment. She didn't stabilize her in any way. Alexa Bliss was so unnatural in showing her struggling to get out of this handcuff spot. It looked ridiculous. So Alexa finally gets the handcuffs, and she handcuffs the other end of the handcuffs to Nikki Cross, and now they're both handcuffed to each other. Completely unnatural. So they climb to the top rope, and she hit an electric chair on Nikki Cross down below on top of a trash can, and it looked ridiculous. It looked like Alexa Bliss got most of the electric chair impact done to her because she was aiming for the trash can. She wanted to drop Nikki Cross on the trash can. Meanwhile, she took most of the impact on the trash can, and Nikki Cross got none of what was intended there. It was just a ridiculous, sloppy spot. And that was the most sloppiest spot to me in all of the match. So after that, Asuka gave Ripley a code breaker before Ripley drove her into the cage. Mia Yim went after Ripley, but Ripley drove her into a ladder, which snapped... Lynch gave Dakota a manhandle slam. Belair gave Io Sky a KOD. 
Belair took out Bailey with a KOD. She threw her into the side of the cage with that KOD. And the finish was easily the best part of the match. So, EO and Dakota were placed on two tables. And Becky Lynch climbs up to the top of the cage. She jumps off with her big leg drop, which looked great. She goes through the table. She goes through EO and Dakota. Lynch pinned Dakota Kai to win the first ever main roster women's war games match. Now, Becky looked really good jumping off the cage. And EO Shirai and Dakota Kai, mainly Dakota Kai, it looked like this move sucked for Dakota Kai, man. This shit was, that looked bad. And I mean, it was it was a great-looking move. It just looked bad because Becky Lynch, with all of her posterior, came down right on the midsection of Dakota Kai. I'm telling you, man, if anybody deserves a cold beverage tonight, I don't know if she drinks or not, but if anybody deserves a cold beverage, it is Dakota Kai. She got her ass handed in there, and she worked her ass off. So, uh, they look good. Damage control does not. This was all about Becky Lynch. That's the one big takeaway I seen in this match. It was all about Becky Lynch. It was so indifferent in there until Becky Lynch got involved. And that's the problem. When you include somebody like that, this is the problem. When you include somebody like that and you have been booking damage control into the fucking ground week after week after week after week. The reason why fans were indifferent to this match is because damage control has been booked like fucking shit. The Women's Tag Team Championships are absolutely worthless in every sense of the word. I don't even know why. I say this every fucking week almost. I'm like like a broken record. The Women's Tag Team Championships are fucking useless. Nobody believes in them. No matter who they're on, nobody takes them serious. They don't make the people holding those championships better. They don't enhance the overall look of EO and Dakota. How could they? They're booked like shit. Every week, every feud, it seems like they're on the losing end. Bailey can't beat Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. Then they lose the championships to Team Bianca and Asuka and Bliss. Then they win the championships back at Crown Jewel. Then they go into war games, which I've been predicting after all the losses and all the weeks of just looking like shit, they have to win war games, right? No, they don't. They even went into the conclusion of everything and lost. As far as I'm concerned, Damage Control has lost every feud. They've lost every big moment they've been a part of. They lost the tag team championships to only win them back, and it means nothing. Bailey's never captured the Raw Women's Championship, and how many opportunities against Bianca Belair? And they lose war games. As far as I'm concerned, nobody will give a shit about damage control. The damage has been done. They are past the point of no return. Either break them up or start booking them like they mean something. And even at that point, I don't think it's going to do them any good. Damage control's finished. Buried. I don't like to throw the word buried around, but man, oh man, are they fucking buried. Nobody will take them seriously. And the reason why... Partially, the reason why this match suffered is because damage control outside of Rhea Ripley, who's not a part of the group, sucks. The indifference comes from damage control. 
You got a Hall of Famer in Bailey. And this is the reaction that she's getting indifference? Before Bailey went down with injury, she was one of the best heels in the entire fucking company. Bailey with Sasha held this company on their backs during the pandemic era. She owned everything she was in. People took her seriously. This is a different Bailey. This Bailey doesn't feel the same. Something is off about Bailey. I don't know if she's all there. I don't know if she's really invested in what's going on here. But you got to see it from the fans' perspective. Every time you see someone like that lose, and, and you see them in a match like this, why would anybody take them to be a threat? They're not getting any fucking heat. How could they? They lose everything. Shit sucks. Get rid of them. Break the group up. Let's get Bailey out of damage control. Either replace Dakota and EO with somebody else because I don't think the group is working as far as just gelling together in general. I don't know. I don't know what we do. But something needs to be done here. The indifference took this match down several notches. Rhea Ripley looked decent in there. Becky Lynch looked decent in there. But it's easy to get invested in Becky Lynch because everybody loves Becky Lynch. She's been out for four months. Everybody was expecting her to be back. It's easy to go for Becky Lynch over damage control. WWE really fucked up here. They really did. I'm not saying the match was bad. I'm not saying the match was the worst women's match ever. I'm not saying it was a waste of time. But WWE caused all of this on their own. Their lazy booking with damage control brought them to this match to be as lackluster as it was. There were two spots in this match that I really enjoyed. One being the four suplex spots out of the corner. The second one was three spots, actually. EO jumping off the moonsault, but we've seen that in NXT. If you watch NXT War Games matches, we've seen EO do that before. That wasn't even impressive to me. And she did it one of them. In one of the War Games matches, she actually did a moonsault with a trash can over her fucking body. She wasn't even looking as to where she was going. So compared to that, this one didn't really look all that impressive. And then Becky Lynch jumping off the top of the cage with a leg drop through the table, through the tag team champions. Outside of the big spots that we've seen off the top of the cage, this match was largely unimportant. It was unexciting. There was nothing memorable about it. You're not going to go back and watch this five, ten years from now. At least WWE has a nice starting point for next year's Survivor Series. They know what not to do going into next year's Survivor Series. They can do everything that they did here better next year. The match was fine, but it's not something that I'm going to rant and rave about because, oh my God, it's Triple H. Oh my God, it's the women's division. Oh my God, it's war games. The match was mid. It was middle of the road. And that's basically it. I'm not lying. I'm not bullshitting. I'm not fucking, you know, being negative for the sake of being negative. It was unimportant. And Becky Lynch, out of everybody, out of all the 10 women, of course, Becky Lynch looked better than everybody, including the Royal Women's Champion. Why? Unbelievable. Becky Lynch and Team Bianca win the first ever women's war games. Jay Uso, he approached Roman Reigns in the back, and this was awesome. I was waiting for a possible 
advancement in this story. And I didn't think we were going to get it tonight. I was like, oh, shit. It looks like we may be getting this tonight on Survivor Series and not having to wait until SmackDown. So Jey Uso goes into the locker room and he sits down next to Roman Reigns. And he wants to talk to Roman Reigns because of what had happened on Friday Night SmackDown with Sami Zayn. So he sits next to Roman Reigns and he explains to Roman Reigns what had happened with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. He tells Roman Reigns that from day one, he told him Sami could not be trusted in the bloodline. He said he saw Sami and Kevin Owens chatting it up earlier. He asked what they should do about it. Paul Heyman was in the background listening in, holding Reigns, both title belts looking very ominous in the background with that sinister smile that Paul Heyman is very notoriously known for. Reigns told Jay Uso, you do what I say. Do what I say. And I'm the tribal chief. You worry about you and the match. I'm going to worry about everything else. Reigns says he'll look Sami Zayn in the eyes, man to man, And he'll know if he's telling the truth and where his loyalties lie. Focus on tonight. That's what Reigns told Jey Uso. Jey Uso said, okay. And he walked away. Heyman smiled in the background. Reigns told him, wise man. Yes, my tribal chief. Give Sami Zayn a phone call for me. So Sami Zayn, he's called by Paul Heyman. He tells Siri to call Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn is going to be on his way into the Roman Reigns and Bloodline locker room for a nice scolding about what happened on Friday night. This was great. I love that they added this little element into the show, taking what happened on Friday, which was a big deal, and made it into a major part of the entire Bloodline War Games angle, which led into the match tonight. The two segments with Sami Zayn and Roman... Jay Uso and Roman and Sami Zayn and Roman. The two segments that we got tonight absolutely were the perfect situations to set up what happened in War Games. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Grade A storytelling. We go on to the second match. AJ Styles and Finn Balor. This was match number two out of five Survivor Series. The fact that these two went on number two after a War Games match and had a banger of a match, it goes to show you how good AJ Styles and Finn Balor are. Now, the crowd wasn't as invested in everything going on, and I was beginning to worry from a fan point of view. They weren't really loud. They weren't really over the top here, but... It was more of a reaction, not overly excited, but it was more of a reaction where... They know that AJ and Finn, they are fucking great at what they do. It was more of an appreciation for what these guys do and what they bring to the table instead of actually being excited about what was going on. Now, these two got the number two slot tonight. And if AJ Styles and Finn Balor are slotted number two out of everything that happened on this show following a War Games match, which is basically a death slot on most of these cards especially following something like War Games, it goes to show you that WWE and Triple H really trust AJ Styles and Finn Balor, and plus, 
Man, they are just fucking two great professional wrestlers. So, Michael Cole was speaking about Styles' time in Japan and how him and Balor know each other and the history between these two men in the Bullet Club. And Corey Graves, when he heard the mention of the Bullet Club on WWE TV, Michael Cole mentioned Bullet Club by name. Corey Graves said, and I quote, you love when Twitter is nice to you. I love it. The freedom of everybody to just do and say what they want to get across the proper stories. The backgrounds of these men have enhanced so much because Vince McMahon is not there and you are allowed to dive even deeper into who these guys are. How many people watching this show know about the Bullet Club and Fergal's involvement with the Bullet Club and AJ's involvement with the Bullet Club? Casual audience might not know that. They might not know their friendship. They might not know where they came from in Japan and how these two men have been friends and enemies all these times. I love it. The freedom to do and say what you want, it gives the show that much more of an organic feel. So the match was a little slow to start. It went about 18 minutes. Went about 18 minutes. Match was a little slow to start. Balor, he kind of really dragged this match up until about the halfway point with a headlock, chin lock on AJ Styles. About halfway through the match, we see Damian Priest get involved. This allowed Dominic off of Damian Priest's distraction to trip up Styles on the apron. So Gallows and Anderson went after Dominic. Damian Priest jumped in and they brawled through the crowd. Styles made sure to get a shot in on Dom before they all kind of went into the crowd. So now, they're back in the ring, are Styles and Balor. They traded moves back and forth until Styles no-sold a few of Balor's kicks, fired back. Balor cut him off with a headlock, a big elbow drop. Balor set up for the Styles clash, but Styles slipped out before Balor nailed a Pele kick. Styles tried mounting a small comeback here, but Balor cut him off again. This time with a nice-looking gut buster. Fireman's carry neck breaker, which looked great. Styles did a backflip into a headlock elbow drop. Got a close two count off him, Balor. Balor goes to the top rope. He misses a coup de grace. Styles applied a calf crusher. Balor countered the calf crusher. He was about to tap out, but he countered the calf crusher by taking AJ Styles' hair and slamming his head, the back of his head, into the mat. They treaded a few more counters. Styles hit the phenomenal forearm in the end for the one, two, three. That was basically it. 18 minutes or so, and it was a very good wrestling match. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that AJ Styles and Finn Balor was better than what Finn Balor did with Edge at Extreme Rules. That was just a masterclass on a completely different level. But again, coming out of the War Games match, and the 40 minutes that we got in the War Games match, and the fans getting this match, which nearly went 20 minutes, right? There was a lot of action. There was a lot of wrestling. I don't know if the crowd in Boston really was able to digest everything that they saw up until this point. AJ Styles and Finn Balor didn't get the silent treatment out there. It was basically... Yeah, we appreciate these guys, but we don't overly care about what they're doing as far as a storyline is concerned. And that's the problem. There was not the type of energy in this match that I expected between an AJ Styles 
and Finn Balor match. Now, I will say this about Finn Balor. Finn Balor has been one of the most consistent in-ring talents, not only in WWE, but in all of pro wrestling here in the United States. Balor's transformation from what we saw a year ago when Vince McMahon was in charge to where we see Finn Balor now, he is a completely different human being. He owns the gimmick and the character that he's playing right now. I love the fact that they allow Balor to come out there as Balor. He's got his own theme music. He's got his own mask that kind of fits into the Judgment Day vibe. He looks like somebody that's going to rain down judgment on somebody. He looks like a fucking executioner walking out there as he, wa- as he walks down the aisle. I-, I think it's great. But the transformation between what we saw under Triple H and where we saw him under Vince McMahon is completely different. It is night and day. Night and day. You got to love that. Triple H loves Finn Balor. He's allowed him to go out there and take this Judgment Day thing that Triple H wasn't really a big fan of because he saw what Vince was doing to it. He said, you know what? I got some talented fucking people in this thing. I got all of my talent that I managed in NXT running this thing. How can it be this bad? He let them go out there and do what they needed to do to get it over. Judgment Day, honestly, I could be wrong on this. Judgment Day is basically the image of Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Finn Balor and what they want it to be. And Triple H has trusted them to just go out there and do it. And it's gotten over. Damian Priest looks better. Rhea Ripley has had a fucking complete transformation from what she was a year ago. She may be the most improved star in the entire women's division just seeing where she was last year. The whole dynamic with Dominic killing it. That viral video that they posted on Thanksgiving, killing it. That shit had 8 million views in 24 hours. Unbelievable. People are loving what Rhea Ripley and Judgment Day are doing. But Finn Balor has been so consistent, so good. AJ, this is the first AJ Styles win on pay-per-view in three years. Three years. That is insane. To think about. And Balor, by taking a loss here, loses zero credibility. Zero. AJ needed this win a little bit more. OC needed this win a little bit more. Judgment Day's been hot. Does this feud end? I don't know. Edge is going to be the deciding factor in this feud ending. Because we haven't gotten the conclusion between Edge and Judgment Day. After what they did to his wife. I thought this was a very good match. Nowhere near the level of what Balor and Edge did at Extreme Rules, but a very good match nonetheless because how could AJ Styles ever have a bad fucking match? Never. Crowd was a little indifferent, but that doesn't mean it was a bad match. Very good match. AJ Styles gets the victory in 18 minutes. Ronda Rousey. This is where the show hit its lowest point. Ronda Rousey against Shotzi Blackheart for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, I don't, I don't know why this match was booked for pay-per-view. I, I, I don't. I, I don't know why this match ended up on the pay-per-view instead of giving us a traditional four-on-four or five-on-five Survivor Series match. 
I would have not included this at all on the pay-per-view. This was not a Survivor Series-worthy pay-per-view match. Ronda Drowsy is absolutely hideous and horrendous in everything she does. She sucks. Shotzi Blackheart only got this match because, A, there is a lack of talent in the SmackDown women's division, and B, they thought it was funny to send Shotzi out there during Survivor Series war games because she drives a fucking tank to the ring, and they thought it would be cute for her to drive the tank into war games and have her pop off the fucking cannon of the tank and go pew, pew, pew at Survivor Series with her little fucking fireworks. That was it. You do realize that we've seen this match once before, and it was complete and utter garbage. I don't think there's anybody alive and breathing on this fucking planet that wanted to see this match again after watching it for the first time. All this match did was solidify what I've been saying for months. The SmackDown women's division is absolutely fucking embarrassing. It is downright egregious that this is the representation of the SmackDown women's division. Ronda Rousey, I don't give a fuck who Ronda Rousey is. I don't give a shit what you think of Ronda. I don't give a shit if you think she has name value whatsoever, man. You want fucking truths? I want to see somebody fucking refute what I'm about to tell you here. Ronda Rousey is absolutely the worst women's champion in the history of the SmackDown Women's Championship. She has done nothing to enhance the championship. She's done nothing to enhance anybody she's been in the ring with. And she's done nothing for that championship itself. She is a fucking cancer to all aspects of the SmackDown Women's Division. Why is she here? Why is she here? She puts absolutely no effort into anything she does. She makes nobody look good. You would think somebody would look good standing across the fucking ring from Ronda Rousey. And they look worse for it. Shotzi was not a good match. It wasn't a good match the fucking first time I saw it. Who thought that this was going to be a good match on pay-per-view? Oh, but she drives a tank. (laughs) No. No, I'm sorry. This isn't a fucking video game. This isn't some fucking uh, WWE 2K Universe mode bullshit for the PlayStation 5. This is real life. This is real life. Ronda Rousey is absolutely fucking garbage in every sense of the word. I don't give a fuck. Block me. Fucking have Ronda herself come after me. I don't care. The division sucks. Awful. She's lucky she's with Shayna Baszler. She's lucky that Shayna is there to mask the terrible fucking garbage that comes out of her mouth. And there's not much that Shayna can do to save Ronda in this instance. Why was this match on pay-per-view? What will you look back on when it comes to Ronda Rousey's title reign? What will you look back? Please, please, somebody tell me when I'm telling lies. What has Ronda Rousey done in this reign that you are going to look back on and say, yes, Ronda did a great job. She did nothing. Nothing. She didn't take Liv Morgan to the next level. Liv Morgan wasn't even featured on this fucking pay-per-view. She didn't make Liv Morgan look good. 
Liv Morgan wasn't even on this show tonight. How good could she look? You will remember nothing. Nothing. Ronda needs to be stripped of that title. She needs to lose that championship at ASAP. Immediately. That whole division needs a complete redo. There's not one single woman in that division outside of maybe, maybe Liv Morgan that I actually give a fuck about. That division is in fucking shambles. Zia Lee, Lacey Evans, Ronda Rousey, Shotzi Blackheart, Raquel. <laughs> smiling away down the aisle every fucking week. Smiling for what? Your division is fucking garbage. Natalia, Aaliyah. Give me a fucking break. The fuck are they doing on Friday night? Everything else on Friday night is firing on all cylinders. The women's division, forget about it, man. I could fucking piss out a better women's division. Ronda is garbage. Get rid of her. Get rid of her. At this point, I don't know who's worse, Ronda or Jade Cargill. Who's worse? Smash was absolutely fucking the worst thing on the entire show. Shotzi tried. She tried. There was no saving this match from complete and utter disaster. Shotzi went for a suicide dive, but Baszler pushed Rousey out of the way and took the move instead. Shotzi shoved Rousey into the steel steps and knocked Baszler down again. So Baszler was on the outside getting involved there. Ridiculous. So... After Shotzi knocked Baszler off the ring apron, Rousey tried to attack her from behind, but Shotzi moved. Shotzi went for a top rope dive. Rousey turned it into a twisting power slam out of midair. Rousey got up and threw some kicks and then started yelling at Shotzi, I can beat you with my feet. I think you should take those fucking feet and get the fuck out of the WWE. Run as fast as you can. Shotzi stood up. She leg-sweeped Ronda Rousey. Rousey countered Shotzi into a leg lock. She wrapped her up with a leg and arm submission hold. Crowd during this match, there was an audible buzz in this match from the crowd of disinterest. There were even chants of We Want Sasha that WWE had to kind of dumb down in the production truck. Uh, we, we had Kevin Dunn, <laughs> the beaver himself, dumbing the Sasha chants down in Boston. We want Sasha. That's what they were chanting. No shit. So do I. It's the only thing that may actually salvage this fucking SmackDown women's division. Rousey countered Shotzi into a leg lock. She wrapped her up with a leg and arm submission hold. Shotzi caught Rousey with a punch. Shotzi went for a DDT on the ring apron. Rousey got held up in the ropes. And Shotzi crashed to the mat before Ronda Rousey in one of the sloppiest-looking DDTs of the entire night. So, Baszler went after Shotzi and ended up giving her an overhead suplex with a little extra shove for added insurance by Ronda. Shotzi dumped Rousey uh, and Baszler over the ringside barricade. Shotzi leapt onto both of them as she ran on the barricade and cross-body uh, cross dived onto uh, a bunch of plants in the crowd. There were fans, plants in the crowd, who were sitting front row, and they all got tipped over. It looked absolutely fucking ridiculous. 
They needed to do something here to embellish the craziness of this match because the actual match they knew was going to be dog shit. It's exactly what they thought here. So back in the ring, Rousey delivered a top rope arm drag for a near fall. She followed with a Piper's Pit, followed by an arm bar, and Shotzi tapped out in seven minutes. In the worst match of the night, it may go down as one of the worst matches in WWE all year. Get Ronda off television. Get her away. I don't, you know, people have been, people have been saying, man, this is where, this is where you can dis, you know, distance yourself from the rest of the community, man. This is where you could sit there and say, I know who's, you know, decent to listen to and listen to on Twitter and listen to in, in audio form and on video form. This is where you can discern the difference between, you know, good content creators and who's giving you the actuality of everything and the bullshit in the IWC. There are jokers out there in the community, legit check marks, who suck dick for a living in the IWC because they can't have anything happen to their precious PR credentials. There are people in this community that will still go out there publicly and say they want to see Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. After tonight, I can absolutely, without a shadow of a fucking doubt, tell you that Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch will make the WrestleMania card in Los Angeles that much worse. There is not one single human being with a logical brain that wants to see Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. First of all, that match is three years past its prime, number one. Number two, this is the absolute worst version of Ronda Rousey that we are getting right now, and I can't fucking wait till she disappears. You want to put that in the ring with Becky Lynch? I don't think so. If I'm booking WrestleMania, Ronda's being benched because there's nothing that that woman brings to the table that is legit. She makes nothing around her important. Nothing. And it's the lack of care that just rolls off of her body. It's almost as if she doesn't know who she wants to be out there. She doesn't know how to cut a promo. She doesn't know how to fucking wrestle. She doesn't know how to sell. She doesn't know how to make anybody look good. She's driven the division into the fucking ground. The championship is actually worse with Ronda holding it than it was Liv holding it. I'd rather give it to Lacey Evans than Ronda Rousey. There is nobody on social media that should ever be tweeting, I want to see Ronda versus Becky at WrestleMania. You're actually disrespecting Becky Lynch if that's the case. Even more so for Rhea Ripley to win the fucking Royal Rumble. Awful. Awful. If I'm Shayna Baszler, I'm fucking pissed that they're pairing me in this garbage on television. Shayna deserves a lot much a lot better than what we're getting with Ronda and Shayna right now. Roman Reigns. He was backstage with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn walked in. Heyman continued to look on from the distance in the background. He was there. Still a bolt belt over his shoulders. Sami Zayn was all smiles when he sat down. Sits down, he's in the presence of the tribal chief. He's excited that Roman was giving him attention before this big match tonight. Reigns asked Sammy if he talked to Kevin Owens. Now, I said this last night, and I'm going to reiterate this again tonight. This was on national fucking television. 
I don't know why Sami Zayn wanted to lie to Jay Uso when there was a cameraman filming him standing right there. Why did he proceed to lie when the entire segment and the fucking show was being filmed on Fox for national television? It didn't make any sense, man. They really think that you're a blithering idiot. We're supposed to pretend he's not there. But it looks stupid. And you can't really fault anybody for questioning such illogical nonsense. Did you talk to Kevin Owens? Sami Zayn says yes. He admitted he talked to Kevin Owens. After a brief pause, kind of kind of going over what kind of answer he should be giving Roman Reigns. Listen, if you lie to Roman, you're finished. Jay Uso is one thing. If you lie to Roman, you're done. So he knew at this point, he, he, he exhausted basically all of his, there was only one option, that was to tell Roman the truth. Sammy said, yes, I spoke to Kevin Owens. Reigns asked why he lied to Jay Uso then. When Jay asked you if you talked to anybody. Sammy says, well, I withheld some information and lied to Jay because on Friday they had a huge match with the advantage being on the line in tonight's War Games match. And I didn't want to put anything on Jay Uso's plate that would take him out of the mindset of being in that match on Friday Night SmackDown. He wanted him to focus solely on that. And he felt like if he told him that he spoke to Kevin Owens, it would be a situation that would kind of take him out of the match. So he said he wouldn't have understood anyway, and he already didn't trust him. Sammy said, KO, talk to him. And you want the truth? KO, he talked to me. I didn't talk to KO. KO talked to me. He says he listened to anything that KO had to say, and then he left. Reigns asked, well, what did KO say? Sammy then said, and he was honest, Kevin Owens told me that I should turn on the bloodline before the bloodline turns on me. Reigns says he gets that KO was his friend, but he says he's needed, and he's needed, he said he needed Sammy to understand that, listen, the bloodline is my family. They are my blood. He said he needed Sammy to look him in the eyes and let me know if you are with us or if you are going to stab us in the back out there in war games. Sammy looked at him and told him that he was with him in the bloodline. He then said, as he was getting choked up and about to cry in front of Roman Reigns, there are five people on this planet that are allowed in this bloodline locker room, and I am one of them, and that isn't lost on me. That means the world to me. He vowed not to let Roman or the bloodline down tonight or any night in the future. I am with the bloodline. Roman sat there. He took what Sami Zayn had to say. He stared at him for a little bit. He then stood up. He told Sami, get up. Sami stood up. Reigns smiled and said, let's do it. Sami hugged Roman. Roman hugged Sami. Heyman looked on with this concerned look in the background. And Sami Zayn has been absolved of this error. He just now has to go out into war games and prove himself to not only the bloodline, but now to Roman, who's watching from afar. 
I thought this was absolutely fantastic. Sami Zayn was on the verge of fucking crying, bro. The demeanor on Roman Reigns, the delivery of Roman in this moment, because he knows Sami fucked up, the delivery of Roman, and Sami Zayn's demeanor as he's being scolded by Roman Reigns because he knows he fucked up, on the verge of tears. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely grade A storytelling. If you guys have been paying attention to everything you've seen up until this point with Sami Zayn involved in the bloodline, this was grade A storytelling. This made me even more excited for what was going to happen inside that War Games match in the main event. Awesome. Loved everything about this. Sami Zayn is absolutely one of the best things in all of pro wrestling, not only in the WWE and the bloodline. If you can't stay on the bloodline, that means you do not like long-term booking, you don't like proper storytelling, and you are somebody that doesn't really value patience. This is great shit. I love everything about this. Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. Triple threat match, which has kind of built up over the last few weeks because of Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. What really took this to the next level was Austin Theory cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase two weeks ago for a shot at the United States Championship and then giving us a rather lame excuse, but it was an excuse that was warranted because I think we can all really sit here and agree that the Money in the Bank briefcase was holding Austin Theory back. Now, if you guys are new to the channel and you guys are just getting caught up on who I am, and what I've said about this situation in the past. Austin Theory cashing in on the money in the bank, cashing in on the United States Championship with the money in the bank briefcase was fucking ridiculous, okay? It insulted our intelligence. It's not really what the money in the bank briefcase is about. It made the money in the bank briefcase look stupid. It devalued it. It made Theory look like a fucking blithering idiot out there. All of this was absolutely ridiculous. And normally, I would shit all over this, and I called out everything. It was even in an open challenge. He cashed in on an open challenge. Now, granted, the open challenge was put on hold, and if Theory wanted a title shot in that moment, he probably wouldn't have even got one because Bobby Lashley beat the shit out of Seth Rollins. Who's to say that Seth Rollins was going to even want to wrestle Austin Theory if he wanted to continue the open challenge, so he cashed in on the United States Championship. And he lost anyway. Then the following week, we get all of this negative backlash to it. He shows up on Monday Night Raw and gives us the reason of, everybody's talking about the failed cash-in, one of the worst cash-ins, if not the worst cash-in of all time. Why did you cash in and not on the world title? He said that the money in the bank briefcase was holding him down. It was like an anchor holding him down. I tried to cash in on Roman. Roman looks unbeatable. Every time I tried to cash in on Roman, Brock Lesnar's there. He foiled my first attempt. Every time I tried to cash in on Roman, Tyson Fury was there. He punched me in the face, knocked me out. Every time I try to cash in, the bloodline is going to be there. It's five on one. How was I ever going to get the world championship off of Roman? Not going to happen. At least he had common sense about it. But at the end of the day, it was about holding him down. 
The other thing is, a lot of people thought that Austin Theory was being buried by, Vin- by Triple H. Oh, Vince McMahon pushed him. Vince McMahon loved Austin Theory. Seems like Triple H doesn't love Austin Theory. I never understood this, this rhetoric, this logic. Who hired Austin Theory? Vince McMahon didn't hire Austin Theory. Bruce Pritchard didn't hire Austin Theory. It was William Regal and Triple H who hired Austin Theory. Why the fuck would Triple H willingly bury Austin Theory? That logic, that narrative didn't make any sense to me. Austin Theory was being held down. Yes. Did it look stupid? Yes. Is it better off now that the Money in the Bank briefcase is off of him? Yes. Triple H wants you to rebuild Austin Theory. How could he rebuild Austin Theory and give us the Austin Theory we need if the Austin Theory that we were getting was the Vince McMahon Austin Theory? It was never going to happen. The Money in the Bank briefcase was the last piece of, of, of anything, Vince McMahon, that was still tied to the Triple H era. He's gotten rid of everything. He's gotten rid of the 24-7 title. Now he's getting rid of the Money in the Bank. The Money in the Bank briefcase was the last item that was attached to Austin Theory that was still Vince McMahon. He's gotten rid of everything. He's got his name back. He got rid of the selfie fucking gimmick that he was taking pictures everywhere. He got the Money in the Bank briefcase taken away. Everything was a Vince McMahon decision. All of it is gone. And now look at the Austin Theory that we're getting. He's brutal. He's intense. He's focused. He looks great. He grew a fucking beard. He's got his first name back. He's targeting Seth Rollins. He's a stud at 25 years old. What is there to hate about this? What is there not to like about this? I don't really understand it. Did it look stupid? Yes. I hope they rectify the money in the bank situation next year. It needed a redo anyway. It was worthless. WWE doesn't give a fuck about the money in the bank. At least Vince McMahon didn't. Triple H didn't want it going into WrestleMania season. He wants bam, 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 thank you, ma'am, WrestleMania season. He doesn't want to have to worry about X Factor, money in the bank, here I got Roman Reigns. He's more, he's more worried about booking somebody against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania than worrying about booking somebody against Roman Reigns. And then, oh, shit, I got this money in the bank briefcase, motherfucker, still hanging over this dark cloud, hanging over my career. He didn't want it. He didn't want it. So, yes. Did it look ridiculous? Yes. And here we are. Austin Theory is better off for it. This match, by the end of it, up until this point, some of you may think this is the best match of the entire night. I would not, I would not argue you. Up until this point, this was the best match of the entire night. Now, it started a little slow, just like everything else. But, man... Were the five minutes at the end of this match to to its conclusion, they were fucking great. Some of the shit that we saw really was like, oh my God, man, this shit is fucking a banger. This ended up being a banger of a match. Loved it. Lashley dominated early. Theory prevented him from potentially winning by pulling the referee out of the ring on a pin attempt, which is how Lashley actually cost Theory the title on his cash in. So, a little payback there. They fought on the outside. Theory was kind of, you know, he was being toyed around a little bit. Seth clotheslined him out of the ring. Bobby Lashley clotheslined him out of the ring. We got a little stare down between Seth and Bobby Lashley. They fought on the outside, and Theory 
Uh, dropped Lashley eventually with the steel steps. Theory worked over Rollins until he came back with some chops, a couple of closed lines, a big thrust kick. Rollins handed out some suicide dives, which did not look good at all. Rollins has one of the worst suicide dives in the business. He does everything else fine. The suicide dives, not good. So Rollins, he took out each guy with suicide dives. One of them, he landed on his feet. Rollins tried to stomp, but Lashley yanked Theory out of the way and put Rollins in a hurt lock. Theory then put Lashley in a sleeper until he had let go of Rollins. So Lashley dumped Theory from the ring. Rollins gave Lashley a pedigree for a close two count. Theory dumped Rollins from the ring and gave Lashley a rolling blockbuster, which looked fantastic. Lashley then now in trouble. He slipped out of an attempt of A-Town down, which is Theory's finishing move. He applied a hurt lock. Theory used the Bret Hart signature kick up the turnbuckle, basically the Brock Lesnar ending to Crown Jewel. Theory used the signature Bret Hart kick off the top turnbuckle float over pinning combination while in the hurt lock. But Rollins broke up that pin with a frog splash as he flew out of nowhere out of the other side of the corner. Rollins, in theory, traded counters. Lashley is in there. He managed to put both of them in the hurt lock at once, which it looked ridiculous, but it looked great at the same time. But they quickly got out of it. Theory and Lashley were hunched over, so Rollins stepped up off of Theory's back and gave Lashley a curb stomp as he jumped off of Theory's back. That looked fucking great. That was awesome. Reminded me of the Rollins and Randy Orton WrestleMania match with that great-looking RKO. So a step up off of Theory gave Lashley a curb stomp. Theory prevented a cover, so Rollins gave him a superplex. Rollins was going into a transition of a Falcon Arrow, but in the transition from the Falcon Arrow, this was awesome. As soon as he was going to deliver the Falcon, Falcon Arrow, Bobby Lashley speared Rollins. Theory was in the suplex. So Theory comes down on Seth Rollins. Right after the spear, he fell on top of Rollins and pinned him to win the title. One, two, three. So the wind got knocked out of him because he held Austin Theory up in the suplex about to deliver the Falcon's arrow. Lashley speared him in that suplex attempt. Theory fell on top of Rollins. Lashley could not get up in time to break up the pin. Referee counted one, two, three, and Austin Theory is the new WWE United States champion. Now, I, I, I did not have that on my bingo card tonight. I don't know what you guys were thinking, but I thought Rollins was going to retain this title. I thought Rollins was the guy. But one of the other things that I failed to mention before to you guys, explaining the whole Austin Theory money in the bank rebuilding phase for Austin Theory, how could anybody look at this as a bad thing? Yes, it looked ridiculous. The cash-in was lame. But Austin Theory is in the top program on Monday Night Raw for the United States Championship, which right now is acting as a, right now, make-believe world championship. It is the championship on Monday night. So Austin Theory is involved in the top program for the top title right now because Roman holds both championships. How is that a bad thing? Now, Seth Rollins lost the belt. I did not expect that tonight. He just won it. We're flip-flopping the United States title back and forth. But you see the rebuilding of Austin Theory. 
this is where Triple H, what you see tonight is what Triple H thinks of Austin Theory. He's not buried. Why would he be buried? This was the original plan from the word go. Just envision him without the money in the bank briefcase. This is where Triple H would have slotted him anyway. He's not ready for a world championship. He never was. It's not going to be for a few years. This is where he needed to be. This is where Vince fucked up. Vince gave him an opportunity for the world championship when he is at least two to three years away from being ready for a world championship. Meanwhile, Triple H took that opportunity away from him because he knew he wasn't ready and he gave him the opportunity that he knows he's ready for. He gave him the opportunity to be molded from this point with this championship into a world champion. Again, I ask, how do you look at this and say it was a bad decision that they took the Money in the Bank briefcase off of him? There will be a time and a place where we rebuild the Money in the Bank briefcase. And when Triple H gives that briefcase to somebody else, it will be on his watch with his creative in his administration. And it won't be somebody that cashes in for a mid-card title. Get with the program. Please tell me when I am telling lies. I'm only honest with you. I care about the product. I care just as much as you guys. That's why Austin Theory won the fucking United States title tonight. What does this mean for Seth Rollins? I don't know. I don't know. This is a very interesting situation. Do I see Austin Theory dropping the title back to Seth Rollins? No. I don't think Seth Rollins ever needed the United States Championship. This was the plan from the word go, and we just took a little detour around back, and we got the plan that we were going to get anyway with Austin Theory winning the championship. Where does Seth Rollins go? I don't know. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes in the Royal Rumble. Mark it down, book it. I think that's going to be something to look out for. WWE may have something up their sleeve. I have no fucking idea what they're planning on doing. Right now, Roman Reigns is both Universal and WWE Champion. We realistically could see the WWE Championship on the line in the Royal Rumble. There's a big logic gap going into WrestleMania. A huge question mark. Who's going to win the Royal Rumble? Are they going to win the right to wrestle Roman? We still don't know if The Rock is going to be involved. Is Roman going to wrestle twice? I don't know. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes are two clear odds-on favorites to win the Royal Rumble. Telling you right now. Should be very, very interesting. This has been a, a good show up until this point with the Ronda and Shotzi match being the only down point of this show. But I thought that triple threat match was great. The final match, the main event. War Games. Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn. Solo Sokoa. Jimmy and Jay Uso. Against the Brawling Brutes. Sheamus. Rich Holland. Butch. Drew McIntyre. And Kevin Owens. 
The whole presentation of this match was fantastic. The one thing I loved most about the entire presentation of this match was the fact that both teams are in shark cages and Roman Reigns is sitting in a stool as if he's sitting in an Italian restaurant as head of the mafia and he's got all his mobsters just hanging around him waiting to do his bidding. He legitimately sat in the the shark cage, in in the cage there, on the stage, and he waited until his turn to get into the match. And he was giving orders in the cage while being seated inside the shark cage. I loved it. I thought that was fantastic. Butch and Jey Uso started. Now, Jey Uso starting the match is a very interesting decision. Now, we knew Roman was not going to be in there until the end. Why would Roman get in there? Roman's not going to get in there. Now, he's got the fifth and final spot secured. He's not getting in there until he's the last guy to come walk out of that cage. Jay had the upper hand for a little bit. Butch, joint manipulation on Jay. Still has that hand heavily taped. Ridge Holland entered next for the Brawling Brutes, who do have the one-man advantage here. It's very bizarre that the babyface team has the one-man advantage. We usually see the heels get the one-man advantage. This time, it was the Brawling Brutes who won the advantage because of what happened with Sami Zayn and Jey Uso on Friday night. Rich Holland and Butch, they beat the shit out of Jey Uso for three minutes. The buzzer goes off, and Jimmy Uso is about to go out to the ring to save his brother, to even the odds with with his brother. Roman Reigns says no. Buzzer goes off. He grabs Jay Uso by the arm. He says, no, you are not next. He looks over at Sammy. He tells Sammy with one of these, he flicks his finger, go. Sammy Zayn was ordered by Roman Reigns to go into the match to save Jay Uso from Butch and Rich Holland. You got to love it. Right there. Beautiful. Little things like that would get overlooked in the Vince McMahon-Bruce Pritchard administration. They would have sent Jay Uso out there. (laughs) Yeah, Vince will send the Usos out there, right? Yeah, there you go. Roman said no. Jimmy, you you, you stay stay here, man. Sammy Gad, you go go, uh, have fun with Jay Uso. Work out your differences. I want to see the level of trust you have in the bloodline. Absolutely fucking great. That is a beautiful creative decision. Loved that. That was one of, to me, honestly, that moment was one of the best moments of the entire show. Jimmy was going to go. Sammy goes instead. Crowds chanted, Sammy Uso, Sammy Uso. Zayn ran wild on Ridge Holland, but Butch wiped him out quick. And Jay with a dive after they got into a little argument. Jay didn't want anything to do with Sammy. Sammy's in there. Listen, I got, I, we're, we're a team. I got to help you. Holland was about to squash Jay into the cage, but Sammy Zayn saved him. So Sammy saved Jay a, a couple of times in this match. McIntyre entered next and tossed around Jay and Sammy with suplexes. McIntyre threw his strength around in there. He looked great. McIntyre set up Jay for a superplex, but Sammy saved Jay again. Rich Holland wiped out Zayn and McIntyre. 
Suplex J before Sami Zayn took a DDT. Future Shock DDT by Drew McIntyre on Sami Zayn. Jimmy finally entered next. He then gets to the ringside area. He brings in quite a few tables here. Put some tables into the ring. Jay and Sammy argued over who would set up the table. They got into a shoving match. Jay didn't want Sammy Zayn's help, so this thing is breaking down. And Roman Reigns, they showed a camera shot of Roman Reigns shaking his head. He was, he was upset about the bloodline legitimately falling apart because of the decision that he made to send Sammy Zayn out there to help Jay Uso. They weren't doing what he thought they would. And that is working as a cohesive unit. So they were arguing and got into a shoving match about setting up these tables. They eventually did work together. They did work together and were in control over the Brutes. McIntyre fought them off as Owens came in next. Owens brought in steel chairs and used one of them on both Usos before hitting Jay with a swanton off the top rope. Zayn and Owens had a little bit of a face-off here. They did not touch... In this match up until the end, they did not touch on the go-home show. They did not touch when Kevin Owens was announced the week before as the fifth member of the Brawling Brutes. They did not involve Kevin Owens all through Sami Zayn's popularity growing in the bloodline. They waited for him during the last two weeks. Part of that also had to do with Kevin Owens not really traveling to Saudi Arabia And they felt like they didn't really need him on TV because they were building towards Crown Jewel and he didn't really factor into anything during Crown Jewel. So they had an out as to why they didn't feature Kevin Owens on TV. But he was always going to work this storyline. He was always going to get involved with the bloodline and he was always going to get involved with Sami Zayn. They just waited for the right time and now you see why. After the Swanton, Zayn and Owens faced off, but Holland attacked Zayn before anything could happen. Owens put Jimmy through the table as his teammates beat up Zayn. Sokoa, solo Sokoa, entered next. He ran wild on the brawling brutes. Owens drove him into the cage and super kicked him twice. Solo Sokoa no-sold it. Reminded me of Umaga out there. Owens tried a powerbomb, but Sokoa backdropped him onto the steel parition. Reigns was smiling at the devastation that Solo Sokoa was bringing to Kevin Owens. Sokoa dropped McIntyre with a big super kick. McIntyre came back with a running headbutt. He wanted some revenge on Solo because he feels like Solo ruined. In fact, he did ruin McIntyre's chances of beating Roman at Clash of the Castle. Sheamus entered next. Tossed the bloodline around. Sheamus rallied his troops and they put the boots to everyone. Reigns was looking down. And he was disgusted at his team getting beat up. Reigns officially entered the match last at the 28-minute mark. Each team was in the ring now. We got the Bloodline in one ring. We got the Brutes in another ring. They meet in the Bloodline's part of the ring. And we got a five-on-five brawl, finally, as War Games begins. Reigns handed out. Big right hands to everybody. Gave Sheamus a Superman punch. Sheamus blocked a spear with a big knee strike. The Brutes grabbed each member of the bloodline in the ropes, and they did, all of them did, the 10 beats right to the bloodline's chest. They did over 50 beats because of the uh, of the beats of, uh, what is he called, uh, Bro, Brohan, Abadran. The 10 beats right across the chest from Sheamus led 
the Brutes all on the bloodline. Sheamus set up Reigns for a broke kick, but Sokoa took the broke kick instead, saving Reigns. So he took a bullet for Roman Reigns. Reigns followed with a spear, but Holland broke up the cover. Jay went for a super kick on Butch. Butch ducked. Jay accidentally nailed Sammy with the super kick. Sammy was knocked out. Jay showed absolutely no remorse for knocking out Sami Zayn. Jimmy Uso was getting on Jay's case. What did you do? Why, why, why? He's like, what did you do here? Sami Zayn was knocked out. Crowds, the crowd is chanting asshole at Jay Uso for knocking Sami Zayn out accidentally with the super kick. Uso's gave Butch a 1D. Holland broke up the cover off the 1D. Uso super kicked Holland and Reigns speared him through a table. Reigns actually ended up giving, uh, giving the spear to Holland and he came up bloodied on his arm a little bit. He was all right. Sokoa saved Reigns again as McIntyre um, was given a spinning solo by Solo Sokoa through the table, crashed through the table. Owens gave Sokoa a stunner. Reigns broke up the cover on Sokoa. Owens slapped Reigns, and they were trading big bombs right back at each other, back and forth. Reigns gave Owens a Superman punch, but Owens came back with a super kick and a pop-up powerbomb. Owens hit a stunner, had the match won, and had Roman Reigns in a position to pin him. One, two, three. Sami Zayn dives onto the referee, and as the referee's hand is about to hit three, Sami Zayn holds up the referee's hand and stops the count. Smart move. Smart move. Sami Zayn blocked the referee from counting. Owens and Zayn then stared at each other. Owens was like, are you fucking kidding me? Of all people to do that, you, you are the one to do that to me. So then they stared at each other. Owens yelled back at him. Crowd was chanting, Sami Uso. Owens blocked a Jimmy super kick, and Zayn, out of nowhere, gives Kevin Owens a low blow. Gives KO a low blow. Zayn looked over at Reigns, told him what he did. Zayn looked over at Reigns. He told him he was about to finish it. Kevin Owens is standing in the corner after the low blow. Zayn gives Owens a haluva kick. Owens falls into Sami Zayn's chest. Sami Zayn is holding Kevin Owens up. The only thing holding Kevin Owens up is Sami Zayn. He throws him down to the ground as if he's about to sacrifice him. The bloodline. Jay Uso looks at this. He gives Sami Zayn one big nod. Climbs up to the top rope. Uso splash. One, two, three. Jay Uso finishes it off. Pins Kevin Owens and wins the War Games match with the tremendous help of Sami Zayn and the Bloodline wins the first War Games match on the main roster. Reigns gets up, hugs Sami at the end of the match, and the crowd popped big for Roman Reigns embracing Sami Zayn. Reigns hugs Sami. Afterwards, Solo and the Usos looked on. Sammy looked down at KO. He was emotional about what he just did. He's like, he's thinking, he looked as if he was saying to himself, what the fuck did I just do? He looked down at KO. What did I just do? 
All of a sudden, Jay Uso comes over and hugs Sami Zayn after weeks of Jay Uso not trusting Sami Zayn. Jay Uso is the one that finally embraced Sami Zayn. And tonight, you can take all the moments where Roman Reigns has hugged Sami, where Roman Reigns told him to stop wearing that old Bloodline t-shirt because he got him a new one. You are now the honorary Oos because I said so. You could take the moments where Sammy Uso was born and the moments where Usi became a thing because of Sami Zayn and how Sami Zayn cracked the bloodline from within because of sheer laughter. You could take every moment that's ever happened to Sami Zayn that was a good moment where he was accepted by the bloodline. Take it all and throw it away. The one moment that is greater than all is the moment where Jey Uso hugs Sami Zayn. Jey Uso accepting Sami Zayn is greater than Roman Reigns trusting Sami Zayn. That's it right there. We have now taken this storyline and the emotional investment in this storyline. We've taken it from here, and now we are churning this thing up to 11. Now that Jey Uso is in a position where he's now accepted Sami Zayn. You thought the turn on Sami Zayn, when it happens, and it's a matter of when, not if, when it happens, I think, honestly, the biggest marks out there, we may actually end up getting emotional because of how Sami Zayn has been involved in this. He's been accepted We've seen the emotional state that Sami Zayn has been in. He loves the bloodline. He wants to be in the bloodline. He feels for the first time in his career, he's finally accepted. When that turn happens, it is going to be one of the most heart-wrenching and one of the most devastating stories to play out on WWE television. But there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. When Sami Zayn is turned on by the bloodline, he will be the biggest babyface in the entire wrestling industry. Kevin Owens will always be there. KO is not stupid. KO knows why he did what he did. KO would have done the same thing. Kevin Owens, heal Kevin Owens. We've seen him do it before. Heal Kevin Owens would have did the same thing as Sami Zayn did. Kevin Owens is not upset at Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens wants to save Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens will be there for Sami Zayn when the world comes crashing down on him. And the power of both of those guys, the determination and the revenge for both Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, the the friendship of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, it will be greater than any bloodline and it will lead them to tag team championship gold. The hug by Jey Uso made the entire match. If there's one moment people are going to look back on, it is going to be that closing segment where Kevin Owens was low-blowed, Uso, Splash, Roman, Hug, Jay Uso jumping on Sammy like he got him the best gift of all on Christmas morning. Absolutely fantastic storytelling. Ended what I thought was a very good War Games match. Was it the best? No. They didn't really do anything outside of the norm, outside of what we've seen Triple H do with the War Games concept in NXT. This was about Sammy 
This was about Roman. This was about Jay Uso and Sammy's loyalty to the bloodline. Was he with them or was he going to follow his best friend, Kevin Owens, and stab them in the back before they do it to him? And that is all we wanted. Tremendous storytelling. Tremendous. Everybody else did their part. Drew McIntyre looked great. Sheamus looked great. Solo looked great. Butch and Ridge Holland looked great. This was about Sammy, though. This was about Sammy. Now we got all of December. We got all of January. We got the Royal Rumble. How long is this going to play out? What's the next thing? What is Sammy going to do to fuck up? Is it going to happen in the Rumble? I don't know. I have no idea. It's going to be a very, very, very interesting winter going into the Royal Rumble. Survivor Series was a very good show. Was it the best Survivor Series of all time? No. Were the War Games matches the best that WWE has put on? No. Would I even put them better than the Blood and Guts matches that we've seen? No. I thought the Blood and Guts match that we've seen this year was better than both of these War Games matches. But the story... You can't even compare the story of the bloodline and Sami Zayn to whatever we've seen in previous war games and blood and guts. The only downside to this pay-per-view was the indifferent crowd to damage control, the indifferent crowd to Balor and Styles, the Ronda and Shotzi match. Outside that, I mean, those are negatives, but it's not enough negative to make this a thumbs-down show. I thought this was a solid show. And Triple H, good first impression, if you ask me, for what is going to be a regular concept for Survivor Series moving forward. Guys, we are about to hit the Super Chats, and I want to thank you guys so very much for joining me here on the podcast. We got a lot to get into, man, and I want to say thank you, number one. Number two, continue to hit that thumbs up. We got 1,500 likes. Can we get 2,000? Can we get another 500 before the end of the stream? Super Chats are open. We're going to hang out with our cold beverages in just a little bit. Memberships are open. I'm always accepting applications to the VIP club. And make sure you guys follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And thank you for making me number one in the entire community, man. We hit 4,000 people live tonight. Thank you. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Guys, I know the holiday music hit really, really early this year. I can't stand it. But it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. And, you know, before you know it, Christmas is going to be here. Whether it's for a friend or friends in your pants, you could make this season one to be jolly with Manscaped, man. You got to take care of the friends in your pants. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about your sack, and so should you. The Platinum Package 4.0 is the complete one-stop shop this holiday season that every man deserves. It has everything you need to help deck the halls from 
face to balls just in time for mistletoe season first of all you're going to get the ultra premium body wash two-in-one shampoo and conditioner ultra premium deodorant obviously you got the lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer both include advanced skin safe technology that technology protects your delicate presence down below plus both are waterproof and the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 has a nice little LED light so you can light the way like Rudolph does on Christmas morning. Now that you've groomed your candy cane, you guys need to start smelling fresh, man. All of their stuff is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to save your skin from feeling dehydrated. And it keeps it smelling fresh. Make sure you guys go and also try the new Manscaped Body Buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy and a lot cleaner than that old loofah. Manscaped.com, 20% off. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout. Manscaped is going to get you ready this holiday season. Get your jingle balls ready with Manscaped. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Start off at the top. We got, we got JC720 once again, brother. Thank you for the $200 super chat. Legitimately, it was the first thing that came in tonight, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for your generosity, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, brother. Tony Brown with a 199 super chat. I mostly enjoyed it. Tony Brown, there was a lot of booty meat in that opening match, man. Hopefully, you got your filling. Cody Snyder with a $5 Super Chat. Already got my cold beverages for the night. Yingling, Hershey's, Chocolate Porter, pretty good. Overrated, brother. When you advertise something as Hershey's Chocolate and it doesn't taste like Hershey's Chocolate, not really a good look, bro. Tyler with a $1.99 almost made me cry when Sammy started crying. I wouldn't go that far, man. We got... uh, that build leading to that big moment, and I think people are really going to get emotional. Michael Raymond with a $5 super chat. What if Sammy finds out Heyman is stealing his Syrian money for Roman? He decides to fight Roman, but Roman never knew and thinks it's betrayal. You like? No. Absolutely not. Michelle Moran with a $20 super chat. Thank you, Michelle. Not a bad pay-per-view. Never saw the bloodline winning, though. I guess the Sammy Uso story has life left by how the crowd reacted, and the U.S. title match was good. I wonder where Seth goes from here now that he lost the belt. OTS for life. Seth is probably going to continue feuding with Austin Theory, I presume. And I feel like Seth is going to be a big factor in the main event scene when Cody Rhodes inevitably comes back on Monday night. But we need that world title back on Monday night, Roy. It really, it really is needed on Monday night. Ulysses getting Usi Smith with the $2 Super Chat. First off, that crowd was mid. They sucked, kinda. Second with a $10 Super Chat. Thank you, Ulysses. After that Usi result, I'm starting to think Sammy is gaining all the bloodline trust to turn on them because his ultimate goal and plan is to get the undisputed championship. Maybe I'm wrong. 
Sammy turning on the bloodline would absolutely be the worst decision that they could make. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. Survivor Series, 9 out of 10. Ronda vs. Shotzi Blackheart sucked the other matches. Great. 9 out of 10 is a little generous there, Joseph. I'd give it maybe a 7 out of 10. Danny in Oak Park with a $2 Super Chat. Happy weekend, OTS. JD for life. Thank you, Danny in Oak Park. Not today, Jay with a $9 Super Chat. Holy shit, what a premium live event besides that women's championship match. I don't know about you, JD, but I feel like Papa H gave us the best Survivor Series in the last decade. Probably. depending. I mean, it's a low bar, bro. It's a very low bar. The Survivor Series has been fucking awful the last decade, so I would not be surprised if people thought this was the best Survivor Series in the last 10 years. You got really nothing to base it off of. Phil with a 999. You said this would be a statement-making show for Triple H. He made that statement tonight. Both War Games matches killed it. Theory is champion. Shocked me. And the rest of the show was great. 9 out of 10. Phil, thank you for the $10, brother. Uh, 9 out of 10, I feel like it's a little too generous. But I thought it was a very good show. DX Tricksters with a $5 UK. Super chat. I almost fell asleep during the Shotzi versus Drowsy match. No wonder she's called Drowsy. What a botchy snooze fest that was. Aaliyah is better than Drowsy. Ronda sucks. Get her out of here. Ulysses with a $5 super chat. See people when there is investment in storylines and long-term booking. The matches and payoff come beautifully. Those last two matches proved it. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely, Ulysses. I can't really disagree with you there, brother. Danny in Oak Park with a $2 Super Chat. Messi and Roman win on the same day. Life rules. I'm not a fan of soccer, bro. I don't care. Ulysses with a $5 Super Chat. JD, I love Bailey, Dakota, especially EO, but damage control is not working in my opinion. I think they need to go their separate ways because they are better apart. Okay, damage control is... uh. They're done, bro. We got a 999 Super Chat from Bray Watt. Great show tonight. Women's War Games started off slow, in my opinion, but picked up well. Finn and AJ lived up to my expectations. Shotzi was Shotzi. Triple H had a great finish, and Men's War Games storytelling was genius. I agree with everything you said there, brother. Metalhead for life for the 12 months. OTS for life. Thank you, brother. DX Trixers with another $2 super chat. I take Aaliyah being champion over Drowsy. Michael Thayer with a four months. What are you drinking to celebrate four months in the VIP club, bro? 
I give it six out of ten. A little low, seven. Seven is a nice number. MK3 Kratos with a 27-month VIP membership. Oh, my goodness. Tonight marks the 24th birthday for my fiancé. Papa H delivered tonight. 9 out of 10 for me. My fiancé and I also have the wedding planned for 2025. OTS for life. Still a little ways away, brother. And happy birthday. Happy 24th birthday to fiancé, bro. Tyler with a 199. They muted the We Want Sasha chance. Yeah, I'm surprised Sasha didn't show up, man. I really pushed for Sasha to show up, and I thought it was bizarre that she wouldn't show up in Boston, but we didn't get no Sasha. No Sasha Banks tonight, man. Ulysses with a $5 super chat. What if Sammy's master plan is to destroy the bloodline from within? The bloodline may still turn on him, but I now think Sammy has something up his sleeve. No. No. Stay on track with the storyline. Don't deviate. Michael Evans. Michael Evans with a $5 super chat. It was a good show tonight. I'm concerned for Bailey. She legit was dropped on the top of her head. OTS for life. Happy holidays, JD and OTS family. Yeah, it looked pretty uh, pretty scary in there for Bailey. I think she's all right, though. Real Metalhead. 21 with a $10 super chat. The main event and the triple threat match were the two things to happen on the pay-per-view tonight. I loved it. Perfection. Coil Phoenix with 15 months in the VIP club. Hey, JD, can I just say the music tonight was epic. That guitar rip and that Mortal Kombat song was killer. Please keep doing what you're doing. OTS for life. Thank you, Coil. I appreciate that. You appreciate my taste in music. Bill Raymond with a 199. Have you ever met JD from NY205? He's a chill dude. No, I heard he's an asshole. He's a fraud. Christy Wilson with a 499. The women's war games match was an absolute banger. Nah. I would not call it banger status, Christy. That's just my opinion. Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. Survivor Series 2019 will always be my favorite. It was all right. Eric Aviles with a one month. What are you celebrating one month with, brother? I can't wait for the Royal Rumble, bro. You got the best podcast in the community following you from out here in Puerto Rico. OTS, hasta la muerte. Eric, thank you so much for your support, brother. I appreciate you, man. Puerto Rico, bro. I got the best podcast in the community. No doubt about it. There's a reason why we're number one, bro. A reason. We look good. We sound good. We know what the fuck we're doing. We know what we're talking about. I mean, I'm hitting all those check marks, bro. Not to stroke my own ego or anything. I mean, 
Who the fuck else are you watching? This was a very good Survivor Series. One could literally feel the bloodline story tonight. Tonight's happening only prolong the inevitable. Long-term booking. OTS for life. Mendelfs, thank you for six months, brother. New Bendy comic dubs with three months. Great show. Both war games. Not the best I've ever seen, but great. Glad to be a member for three months. Kenny versus Osprey. Seven stars at Wrestle Kingdom. Long-term booking for life. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to that one, bro. Cake with a five-dollar super chat. Seth and Moxley both lost, both lost titles on the ten-year anniversary of the Shield to do to two prodigies. That's crazy, yeah. Roman is the only one that has championship gold now. DGK dog with a one ninety-nine. Becky Lynch back as top babyface again is great with a one ninety-nine super chat. She looked good tonight. Cake with a $2 super chat. Ronda did what people accuse TR of doing. Get her out. Ronda sucks, bro. I'm done with Ronda. Brandon Jefferson with a $4.99 super chat. This show was amazing. I was there. The crowd was hot. And that triple threat match was match of the night for me. I hope you liked it too, JD. The ace. Thank you, Brandon. I love that triple threat match. I, mean, I thought the last five minutes of that triple threat was great. Telly Wozway. Wozwayze. Three months, brother. I was at the pay-per-view live tonight, which was great, except the women's title match. Speaking of which, who do you think was the breakout star for the women's war games match? Dakota Kai. She's been in how many of these things? She knows what she's doing in there, bro. Ahmed Youssef with a 499. Austin Theory versus Carmelo Hayes. U.S. title. Take my money. Bro, that's going to be a future world title program in about 10 years. Marquise. 14-month membership. Thank you, brother. Hey, how's, how's it going, JD? Hope you're doing good, my guy. Toast to you. Enjoy your night. Love the ending to War Games. Thank you, brother, for 14 months. Danny in Oak Park with a $2 super chat. I'm down to my last Alter Bridge rules. You know it, man. Kent Foot. With a 999. This version of Theory should have been the version we got as soon as he became Mr. Money in the Bank. I love it and loved how Jay Uso hugged Sami Zayn. Excellent. Excellent. Kyle Owens with four months. Very fun show tonight. Disappointed in Osasha, but the story with Sami and the bloodline is phenomenal, and JD's the head of the IWC table. Thank you, Kyle Owens. Israel with 18 months. It's all about long-term booking. JD, I enjoyed the Survivor Series. Like you said, it's been over two decades since I can remember. It was a good show.
Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. How many years has Alexa Bliss been on the main roster and still can't wrestle? Great OTS as always. You deserve an ice cold Guinness. Thank you, Captain Solo. Alexa, I feel, is going gonna, is gonna to turn heel. I thought she was going to turn heel tonight, but they, they didn't pull the trigger. I feel like she's going heel. Cake with the $2 super chat. The story flips. Jay trusts Sammy and Roman doesn't. Yes, because it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit more heart wrenching when Roman doesn't trust him instead of Sam, uh, instead of uh, Jay Uso. Chris Phoenix with a three month membership. Thank you, brother. The IWC Tribal Chief JD, you are the goat. Survivor Series was good. Men's War Games killed it. Styles Balor was great. OTS family member since 2016. Thank you, brother, and thank you for your three months in the VIP club, man. Here's to many more. King Jabon with a $10 super chat. Hey, JD, I'm Ramon. You made a cameo for my birthday. Just want to say thank you for all that you do, and thank you for that cameo. Always remember, nobody watches Impact. It was a great birthday present. Nobody watches Impact, bro. Just keep that in mind. Nobody's watching Impact, and no, I will not be reviewing Impact. It's garbage. Okay? No. AWC Legend with a 179. Fell asleep, missed the show. Did I miss much? You missed a whole hell of a lot, AWC. I suggest you go back and watch it on Peacock. Sean Ray J with a $10 super chat. Anyone who wanted Ronda to take the title from Liv, this is what you get. Same people probably want to see Becky versus Ronda at WrestleMania. Brian Fernandez with a new membership. What are you drinking, brother? New membership. What are you celebrating with Brian Fernandez? Jerry Ramirez. Two months. Hello, JD. Just wanted to tell you that you're awesome. ASF. Keep doing what you're doing. Hope you have a great rest of the night. Thank you, brother. Omega Kong with a $10 super chat. I'm uh, in New York. My cousin's wedding was a classic. War Games was solid. Triple H delivered a statement and a great review. I feel like Ice Cube because today was a good day. Much love, OTS. Omega Kong. Glad to see you had a good day, brother. Like Jay, you rock with a 99 cent super chat. And then a 199 super chat. Sammy's facial expressions told the whole story. Yes, they did. The script keeper. Five dollar super chat. Finally, emotion. Real emotion. In a wrestling storyline. Best moment of the year. OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Chris Elliott, 1989 with a 199 Super Chat. Cheers to you, JD. Love you, OTS family. Thank you, Chris Elliott. Captain Solo with a $5 Super Chat. Do you think Sami Zayn will one day be WWE champion? No. Tag team champion, yes. WWE champion, no. Basic with a 499. Man, Owens delivered one heck of a slap to the left side of Roman's face. I believe his face was bruised. Yeah, that was a hard slap, bro. Roman gave the receipt right back to him, though. Jamel Turney with a 499 Super Chat. 
totally off topic, but will you be watching the new Avatar? No. I have better things to do with my time, bro. Francisco with a seven months. What are you celebrating with, brother? Is it too early to be excited for Mania? Because I am ready. Also ready for the Raw after Mania. Triple H is doing good. It, it may be a little early, bro. Let's get through the Royal Rumble first. But it should be a great WrestleMania season nonetheless. Chris with a 199. When do you have the bloodline turn on Sammy? Probably around Royal Rumble time. Probably around Royal Rumble time. You don't want to do it too early. It still has a lot of left, a lot of legs left in it. Omega Kong with a 499. DJ JD in the house with that fire music selection. You know, brother. Six dollar super chat. Joseph Taylor, JD, how can you like Denise? Her her voice sounds like nails on a chalkboard. I never said I liked Denise, bro. You said it, I didn't. Nobody can blame me. West Coast Samoan Bloodline. They are the ones. And everybody else is the twos with a $10 super chat. Thank you, brother. Nate. The head of Talent TV with a four-month VIP membership. Great show. Let's play a game, everyone. Would you rather have Nia Jax return? Make Marina Shafir champion or review Impact? Sorry I had to. LOL, great show. I'm going with Nia Jax. Easy, bro. West Coast Simone with a $10 super chat. Also drinking on Elijah Craig on the rocks. Got me feeling goofy like Omas. Cheers, bro. Elijah Craig, some good stuff, bro. AWC Legend with a 449 Super Chat. Loved OTS tonight. OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Brian Fernandez with a 499 Super Chat. Hey, JD, been watching since Money in the Bank. Glad I finally got to be a channel member. And I'm also going to the Royal Rumble. I can't wait. Brian Fernandez, I'm happy to hear that, brother. I'm glad to have you in the venue, and I'm happy that you are going to experience what I think is going to be a great Royal Rumble. Guys, we had one hell of a live stream tonight. We had one hell of a show tonight, and another one in the books, bro. Another one in the books. We're at 4,000 tonight. We beat out pretty much everybody, man. Everybody that was live. BC was live tonight. Beat him out. Silent Monster beat him out. Fightful and their boring team of Will Washington and Denise Salcedo beat him out. Steven Larson, beat him out. Anybody else? Fuck him. Number one with a bullet. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. About to close up the venue, man. About to close up the venue for the evening. This place was packed, man. It's going to take me two days to clean the fucking floors here, man. And restock the shelves. Anyway, guys, 
We are about to get out of here. I appreciate all of you. 1,600 likes. Can we get 1,700 before I get out of here, man? There's still 2,900 people in it. If you, if you have not hit the thumbs up yet, please. Please. 1,700 likes is the goal. If you guys have not hit the thumbs up. Thank you for all the super chat love. Thank you for the new memberships and the recommitments to the VIP club. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down below in the description. Francisco with a late $2 super chat. I would love to see Chad Gable versus Gunther. That would be a good one. Chad Gable's not at that point yet, though. Social media links are down below in the description. Make sure you guys go and hit that subscribe button. Turn on that bell for notifications, man. I know you enjoyed this review, so make sure you guys hit that thumbs up and hit that, that subscribe button. Also, go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Live streams are there. Go check them out. They are there. And next time you see me, we'll be live on Monday Night Raw. Guys, before I get out of here, man, I need a couple of things. Number one, I need those ace emojis in the chat. I need those rock on emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And when that guitar solo comes on, I need that music on max. Thank you so much for a great night, guys. Survivor Series in the books. Now we head towards the Royal Rumble. Have a great weekend, guys, and I'll see you back here on Monday night for Raw right here on OTS. We'll see you guys later.